Welcome to the Guardrail Podcast, where I don't know anything about anything, but God is definitely doing something, and we're here to talk about it. I'm Rachel. And I'm Fa. All right, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> okay. What's been happening to us? Um, all right, well, let's just say, well, first off, I mean, last year, we went to the Belong Company. Well, you didn't go. I went. I went to the Belong Company by myself. And, um, this was in 21, 2021, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's not this year. Okay. So last year, last year I went there and the place is crazy. I mean, clearly God is doing something, you know, um, and, uh, let's just say before I went there, I had absolutely no expectation and I didn't like expect anything good from it. I was just like, well, I'm going. Because I'm hungry enough to, like, give it a try, yeah. but just complacent enough and indifferent to, like, not expect anything from it at all. And um, it, that whole conference, like, completely blew up my spirituality. Um, like, just every every sermon, everything they said just completely, like, it had something in it that challenged me and woke me up out of my spiritual slumber. Um, like prior to that, I don't know, I don't know when I went to sleep spiritually, but at some point I went to sleep spiritually and it wasn't until that conference that God got my attention and I woke up <laughs> and, right, yeah. and it really was a matter of indifference that I've had. Um, so anyway, that whole year after that conference, um, I've, I was different. Like I had not been the same. Yeah. But not to the caliber that I would say I am now. So a whole year, like even just reading my Bible every day, like that wasn't something I did prior. Like very sporadically read my Bible and prayed daily before that conference. And then since that conference, I have read my Bible and prayed every single day since I woke up. Yeah. Which is like whatever. But it's more or less just the fact that I wasn't in a slumber spiritually. Um, so anyway... Fast forward to this year's conference, I was like, everyone I need to know, everyone I know needs to go to this conference. I told you, you're going without a question. Like, yeah. the whole family's going. Our kids need to go. You need to go. I invited my, our friends and, you know, I don't know, should we like mention their names? I don't know. I don't know. Either. <laughs> well, whatever. Maybe we'll two friends name came. Names, yeah. yeah, two two friends came. Uh, the person that I went with last year brought two other of his family members. Yeah, like we we got a hold of something there, and so we brought everybody. And um, you know, once again, like this conference, God's doing something, and um, like just again, like I don't even know. I don't know what happened. I think that not only the conference did something i think at least for us mm -hmm. for both of us at the same time you're down there god was talking to me here yeah and i wasn't the first conference you mean right yeah i wasn't looking for it i wasn't doing anything it's something that was totally from god he like initiated talking to me mm -hmm. and because you came back different and i felt like, I was different, too. Yeah. I was like, okay, here comes, like, a new season in our lives. Mm -hmm. That's what I felt like happened in that weekend for you and me. 
Maybe, yeah. I don't know, maybe you're praying for me down there. I don't know. Yeah, I probably was. I don't even remember now. Honestly, so many things happened. Yeah. Like, you know, people praying over me and so many words spoken over me and just like just encounter after encounter with God. So like so many, that, that whole weekend was packed of like revelation encounter and whatever um, that I can't, I don't even remember everything that happened. Just, I just know that I came home different and I came home and you were different and our house was different Yeah, and, um, we had not been the same and I haven't been the same since, but you know, leading up to this year's conference, like there was some aspects of my spiritual life that maybe were a little like, I don't know. Let's let's just say like, all right, like. I think of that time as like from a year ago to now, Mm -hmm. there was a, spiritual cleanse going on for us yeah. and a physical cleanse too there are things that we got rid of in our lives well uh, from like media social media that's when you stop social media completely i maybe n- before no, that but, before that but i yeah. know i stopped social media a long time ago that had nothing to do with spirituality just being like annoyed with people yeah um i started realizing that we were well that I that I was just constantly on the phone and watching stuff, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, fifty percent of my time just goes to entertainment." Yeah, and that wasn't good. Yeah, um, you know, one thing before we went to the conference is like we had a that barbecue, you know. Yeah, and I I have like I mean whatever drinking and being like drinking alcohol is you know, every individualized person's yeah. like journey or whatever. That doesn't make sense. But everybody has their own, you know, convictions about it. And that's how it's supposed to be. Like Bible says, like, you know, whatever. That's so true, yeah. Like that's your own conviction. You work it out with God. And so it had not been my conviction per se that it was wrong to drink alcohol. Um and like maybe there was definitely times where I drank too much alcohol and it yeah. was like not appropriate not like i was inappropriate or you would even be able to tell like it was like a little tipsy but it's like i knew that wasn't right you know um but it was like just kind of like teetering the line more or less with drinking and then like not even just that like you know we had like a big barbecue and like 30 people came to our house and like there was alcohol like why do i want my kids around that like i don't want them seeing mom and dad like drink like that and like their friends drink and like that's not like a good it just didn't feel right to me. And, you know, um, I don't know. I remember like going to church and being like, oh, I kind of feel weird that <laughs> like, the night before is like when no one got drunk and no one was inappropriate. But it just was like, why Why did I even do that? Like, yeah, because I've been to parties. Well, growing up, my parents would have parties. My, my father would have parties mm-hmm. and like people were drinking. That was like drinking, drinking. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's not like. We were, like, having a beer or a Truly or whatever. Yeah. Like, we were. It was, like, they were, bad drink. They were drunk. Like, yeah, they were drunk. Rowdy. Yeah. And we weren't the like whole that. crowd was, like, you know. Yeah. It wasn't like that here. We was just have, oh, well, let's have a drink. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like, oh, we'll have a Truly. Let's go in a hot tub and we have a drink. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, like, why? Like, what was the, it wasn't necessary, but we did it, right? Um, But I don't know. And it's. Like I said, the point I'm making is, like, that night, like, even in the middle of that, I was like, this is, there was a point where I, like, brought out some whiskey, and I was like, let's do some shots, <laughs> yeah. you know, with my friends. And that I'm kind of- this year? No, this was this year. Okay. This year, like, in the summer when we had a okay, party. Okay, okay. 
That makes sense. And I was like, even while I was doing this, I was like getting a check in my spirit. I'm like, why am I doing this? You know, like I don't, I'm not going to get drunk because that's not, I know I'm not supposed to and it wasn't going to get me drunk. So, and like, you know, this just looks bad. This just looks like a, kind of like a bad witness in a way. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just didn't feel good about it, but I did it. And then like, I remember going to church the next day and like, what was the point of that? Is that really what I want my kids to remember of mom and dad and their friends? Like, is that what I want to have in my house? And like, and like, not even just that, like. You know, what happens when our kids are teenagers and, like, there's alcohol in the house? Like, are yeah. we going to have to be, like, locking up our liquor? Because you know how kids are, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, like, I, I don't even want that, you know? But it's like you still do it. And I still had – we still had Trulies. We still had, like, whatever. Yeah. Even though I kind of started to feel like maybe God was trying to tell me something here with this. Like, maybe it's not the best thing for me. Yeah. Um, But I still went along with it and whatever. So we went to this conference and – like immediately at the conference, I was like, I have got, I can't be doing this anymore. I can't have like one foot in the door and one foot, like, you know, like one foot in the world and one foot like in holiness or sanctification or whatever. Like this is, it just wasn't right for me. I don't know if that makes sense what I'm trying to say. It makes sense. But um, anyway, so at this conference, I don't know. There's just so much. You can't really break it all down. It's like when you when you step into God's presence, you're not the same. And there is so much of God's presence that like you're not – it's impossible to not be changed by his presence. And that's exactly what happened, at least to me. It's like so I many things. I was thinking about that today too when I was driving to get tacos. I was like, what was about the belonging company that changed us so much? Because we were down there and – um, I've been to other conferences where people minister to you a lot. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that there. Yeah. You were just in an amazing presence of God. Yeah. And you could tell that the people that were leading were like putting down some crazy sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, whether they pray a lot, they fast a lot, or, you know, mm-hmm. they just set their lives aside for God. Yeah. And I know that God honors honors that. Yeah. So his presence was there like I haven't felt before. Yeah. Or since because, you know, it's just I'm not at that level. You know what I mean? Like when I worship, like God doesn't show up like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like I still feel his presence strongly after that. And I know that just by being there, uh, we were convicted of a lot of things. And then, then you taste it, mm-hmm. right? And you taste it. And for me, it was like, oh, wow, I felt this before. You know what I mean? Like I was, I felt like this before. But my problem was I didn't know that that had stopped. You know what I mean? Like, but if, of course, if I had thought about it, I didn't feel the same as I did like maybe 12, 15 years ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But. I didn't. And it took me being back in a place like that to realize that, like, like I'm so far off, I might as well not be Christian. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because the way I measure that is, like, you're either in God's presence and you give 100% or you don't. Because 99% is the same as, like, zero Yeah. to me. You know what I mean? Like, you need to just give everything. Yeah. You need to just chase his presence and stuff. 
So that's crazy. All right. After the conference, what happened when we came home? Um, I don't know. So it's like you're living off like a, like a Holy Spirit high or something. At least yeah. I was like for a good week or so. Um, that was a good two weeks for me. I'm like, yeah. I'm just it's so a, yeah. wrecked. Yeah. Um, where you're just like, you're re-listening to all the sermons and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to get as much of that conference as you can. But I don't even know. Um, and there's a thing, like we came home and we like, took out that night when we got back to the house we like gathered up all of our booze and <laughs> all the trulies i did it whatever but i was like i this is i'm making a point here like god's telling me it's time to clean it up you know yeah and like this is the thing like what i went away from that conference was like i want my home to be uh, a home not only to us but the holy spirit yeah i want our home to be a home for god's presence and so yes. like whatever doesn't line up with god's word and god's spirit i'm getting rid of in this house like right now um so like gathered up all the booze and like i had a lot and it's weird because like we're not like that much i mean not hardcore well, the thing we weren't about hardcore alcohol drinkers is, like we bought the house not yeah. too long ago and then Friends of mine brought booze. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's a bottle of whiskey and this. And the <laughs> bottles are huge, so we're yeah. not going to drink all of it. Right. But then you're tired of whiskey because, you know, there's like too much of it. Yeah. And then you buy something different. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're there's try a- try like different kinds. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's a whole bottle there and then another one, another one. And I don't drink like yeah. you do. Okay. I don't drink anymore at all, but- At all, yes. Thank you. But, you know, you- would like certain flavors of certain mm-hmm. alcohol. Yeah. For me, it was like, oh, maybe just give me a vodka or the Brazilian yeah. rum or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, not even beer. I don't like beer, but it's like, I I'll, I'll like a truly, but you know, it can't be too flavored or whatever. Cause yeah. it's like, I don't know. I have some sort of aversion to trying different you things. You have an aversion to things that taste good. <laughs> yeah. It's but... just like the coffee. Cause it's funny. Cause when we were at the conference, there's people making coffee and because I'm just used to, like, Dunkin' Ice coffee, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, we're going to order some coffee here. But I never know what to order. But I always know that you order, like, the best. Whatever we're at, like, at a new place or whatever, you always order mm-hmm. the better dish or the better drink or whatever. Yeah. So it was just like, just get me where you're getting. And I remember you got the toasted coconut, mm-hmm. right? So I drank that and I'm like, Toasted coconut. It's freaking amazing. Yeah. So the next day, you're like, I want to try something different. And I'm like, no, I want the toasted <laughs> coconut. And that's how I am. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm introduced to something new and I like it. And then I don't change. Yeah. I just want that all the time. Yeah, no. So I like change. I you like, like, ch- like, you like changing your toothpaste yeah. flavor. Yeah. And I want to taste me- all the flavors. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, I don't know, the white one that burns that's your mouth. Boring. <laughs> Yeah, no. Maybe the mint one, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well. So we came home and we got rid of all of that. Yeah, like I dumped it all out and like I felt God's presence. I was doing that. Like, yeah. It was like, okay, this is right. We're doing the right thing here. Yeah, I um, knew you were doing something <laughs> good. Yeah. I was like, this is good. Yeah. And not just that, like, so I got rid of, um, I, you, you were mentioning about like wasting your time on social media and whatever, but like I had the YouTube I didn't have TikTok, but, you know, it's, like, the same. You it's might the, as well. Yeah. The YouTube shorts or whatever. I would just scroll through those things, um, like, on a daily, every moment I could basis. Like, you know, yeah. just a time waster. And the thing is, is with that is, like, you know, okay, like, it's not wrong 
to look at that crap. But it's like, not. I, I, you don't have control over what you're seeing. So like you scroll and then something inappropriate comes up or something that you should know about or something that like, you know, disturbs your spirit or something. You don't have control of what shows up. And so it doesn't matter because it wasn't like I wanted to devote all of my time and energy to getting to know God. Like I yeah. just like this is the thing. You come out of this conference and then for me, I'm afraid that I'm just going to fall back into complacency again or like yeah. fall back into my slumber again. I just like actively like constantly obeying God almost be like, please don't let me go back. Please don't let me go back to how I was in August, you know, yeah. <laughs> before this. Uh, the conference was in September, you know what I mean? So it's like. Whatever I can do that gets rid of anything that might jeopardize, like, um, my spiritual, like, fire or fervor, you know? Yeah. Like, I want to get rid of it. Anything that's going to take my, my time or my distractions or, or be a distraction, I mean, I want to get rid of it because I could just – I'm in this. Like, I'm, I'm 100% in this now, yeah. you know? And so I think that's the key that kind of starts all of what's happening with us now. Like, that was the key anyway. I definitely feel like God did set this up for us, and now we're walking a path mm-hmm. of, like, cleansing everything. Yeah. Spiritually, physically, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but the thing about social media for me was, even before the conference, I was praying, because, I, you know, we always wanted more of God. It's not like we went to this conference and we discovered how awesome God is. Or right, whatever. yeah. I mean, we both grew up yeah. in Christian homes and have encountered God yeah. many, I many times. I, I didn't really f- know God's presence was until I moved to the U.S. when mm-hmm. I was like 17 and I went to like a really amazing church. Uh, but the social media thing for me was I was praying and I I just remember the Holy Spirit saying, you got to stop scrolling. It's yeah. like you've got to stop scrolling because mm-hmm. you sit on your phone and you scroll, scroll, yeah. scroll, scroll. And one of the things, too, that I wouldn't say lead me to scrolling is like the girls kind of take over the television. Mm-hmm. So what else do you have in your hand? Like you have your phone. So yeah. you go on your phone a lot. You know what right. I mean? Cause, and then after they go to bed, maybe you watch a show or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think... The way social media is designed is it's designed to mess with your emotions, whether it's to make you laugh, you know, because mm-hmm. the, like the sh- like the shorts you're saying, they're really quick and they like usually make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Or you are on Facebook and, you know, just news pop up all the time, like political stuff that just yeah. makes you angry. Mm-hmm. So it's always messing with your emotions. Yeah. And I think that is like a huge... That's a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, it it could completely ruin your day. It could, like, distract you from other things. You know what I mean? Right. Where to the point you completely focus on, like, bad things all the time. And then you start to become depressed or whatever. Right. Not that that was my case, but I think that's how it works for some people. I just didn't like how I felt when I was, like, on social media all the time. Yeah. I, I still am. Like, I'm not like, I didn't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I watch YouTube. Sometimes at work. You know, there's stuff that I follow. A lot of stuff is, like, sports Formula One. Whatever. You know? But I, I definitely just don't go on Instagram and scroll constantly like I used to before. 
Yeah. I'm on there to see what my friends are posting, what my family's posting. But that's it for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's whatever as far as the social media goes. But for us, it was out of control. Like, it's too, too much. But that's the thing, though. I don't even think that we were one of those people that are out of control. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because I see people that are on there and they can't put it down like at church they can't put it down at school yeah you know they're at the table they're scrolling like they're just on it all the time and they're posting and they want you know to be liked or whatever Mm -hmm. they want views and stuff it it isn't like that for us but yeah right it definitely was oh you're bored scroll (laughs) you're bored go on social media that was me all the time you know what i mean I I think it, for me, I say it was out of control is because it's a matter of like distraction. Like yeah. my need for distraction was out of control. So, yeah. you know, why do I need to be distracted from my life? That doesn't make any sense. It's not how it's supposed to be. You know, you're not supposed to be absent from your own life, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's exactly what it does. It makes you absent from whatever's real in front of you now. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. So, I mean, going back to what we were saying, uh, we come back. I don't even know what we're talking about now. Um yeah, we're getting rid what of, like... to us, yeah. So I feel like God was kind of, like, taking us through a sanct- sanctification process. He's still doing that. But, um, like, I can't watch, and I have yet to really watch... I mean, I'm not going to watch TV. I don't want to. I have no desire to, like, get into anything, you know, on yeah. TV. I couldn't watch shows, like, weeks after I, like, watched a movie once with you, and I felt like even that was, like, why this is horrible yeah like now i'm very guarded in what i watch if i do watch anything because uh, i don't want too. anything in i don't me want too. to suck anything in that is not i can't gonna disturb watch the Holy anything Spirit. new i can't i i look at the rating and i'm like oh yeah you know i'd be really careful about what i take in yeah even like what people send me mm-hmm. on private message or whatever yeah and it's like something that's gonna bother me you know what mm-hmm. i mean i was like oh yeah. i don't want to see stuff yeah you know what i mean like i want to yeah you know what was crazy I d- what uh, i was in a patient's room the other day and they had like some movie on and it was like scary i didn't even know what it was going on because i just walked in i was trying to give him medicine this is like halloween time no it wasn't it was like some stupid it looked like a stupid jennifer lawrence movie um whatever like russian she's supposed to be some russian chick or whatever I don't know what it was. I remember seeing previews for it, but I don't know what it's called. Anyway, she's, like, in it, and, like, you could tell, like, things are not good. Like, things are – bad things are going to happen soon, you know? And, like, um, she, like, goes in this guy's hotel room, and it was, like – I have, like, no control over what this guy's watching in his his room. Yeah. But, like, I could tell that, like, like something violent and, like, um, uh, what's a – what's a – pg way of i don't know i guess like whatever he's gonna like you know take advantage of her in an island in a horrible way yeah and like you knew that was happening and it started to happen and like i was very tempted to look at it but i almost like felt scared like and normally that stuff would not have bothered me but i haven't seen things like on visually on tv yeah like that in a long time now it's almost like i i remember being like as a kid um at someone's house once and they were watching like some horrible like gory halloween movie and like as a kid i was pretty sheltered and guarded i didn't watch that stuff and i remember like the i was have like a sleepover or something um 
and everyone was in the living room watching this and like I couldn't go in there because it was like terrifying and I remember the feeling I had was exactly the same as what wow. I had in this patient's room with this child. scene happening. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, I can't. Don't look at it. You don't want to see it. It's disturbing. It, like, the sounds of it disturbed my spirit alone. Like, yeah. And I was like, thank God. Like, something like that, like, four months ago probably wouldn't have bothered me. And now it's like, oh, it's not, I, that's not for me to watch. I shouldn't be looking at that, you know. Like, yeah. get out of this room, you know. I don't even want to hear it, you know. Um. So, anyway, the reason I'm saying that is because, like, I don't want to take anything in that isn't going to – um, make the Holy Spirit uncomfortable. Like our, my heart, my mind, the Holy Spirit inhabited yeah. habits it. It's his home now, you know, and I don't want to make his home uncomfortable to him. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And so like, that's like part of what's been happening since we came back is like, you know, God showed me, God showed me the Holy Spirit rearranging the furniture of my heart, like in the rooms of my heart, like kicking, like I had like skeletons, not skeletons, but like um, like actual like Halloween themed skeleton looking things. Like I saw this vision of these things. Wait, was this the first? All right, because what's been happening to you is after you came back, God's been showing you things. Yeah. And should I like know, start from the beginning with that and come back to this? Yeah. Or, like, well, yeah. I'm th- I'm thinking about that. Like you, because if like if someone's listening and they want to. Oh, I want to experience God in that way. I oh, like this is the process. Yeah, I'd like you to point out what kind okay. of process like, God took okay. you through. All right. So, well, well, anyway, back to what we were saying before, uh, what we were just saying. <laughs> One of the things we didn't talk about is like when you removed all the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Remember when you said, oh, there's so much room in the fridge now. Oh, and yeah. And you said there's so much room in our lives now. That's you know I mean? right. It's such a... Yeah, the Holy Spirit spoke to me that moment because there was like booze and stuff in the fridge and I took it out. And once I got rid of it and I was like, oh, look how much room we have now to put good stuff in our yeah. fridge, like nutritious stuff. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. When you remove your idols in your life and you remove the things that don't belong in your life, look at all the room you have now to put put the Holy Spirit in, put the and, good and things so, from and, God, and in. that's a physical thing, right? And social media was a spiritual one because you, you might think, "Oh, I'm just watching this. I'm just looking," but that is in your heart. Yeah, that goes to your heart, right? And like whatever your eyes see, your ears listen to, it takes yeah. place in your heart. It takes up space in there. Yes, exactly. There's so you need to like declutter. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's things in our hearts and our minds that are taking up space, and God wants to get rid of them. Um, and that's I had an experience like that before. Mm-hmm. I remember this one time. This was like maybe 2007 or eight. I remember our, our old pastor, pastor uh, he challenged us to go a week without TV and like listening to stuff that's mm-hmm. not, you know, edifying or whatever. And. What was it like? I remember that that was on a s- Sunday night, I think. And I think that when I went to bed, I was praying and I was like, you know, Holy Spirit, we're going to, you know, God, we're going to fast this and that. And in that moment, I, I, this, this was me laying in my bed. And at that moment, I saw an angel behind my bed, which, you know, um, couldn't happen because my bed's up against the wall. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then this vision was an angel behind my bed, and he would put his hands inside my head, inside my mind, and mm-hmm. pull all the stuff I watched 
and all the stuff I listen to just out of my head. Like, yeah. Like cleaning my mind, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. The next day, I would put on worship music and the presence of God would just immediately come down mm -hmm. and like he was in the car, like fill the car or whatever, wherever I was, it was so easy to get into the presence of God. It was amazing. Mm. Yeah. Like I've never thought about how many things God has to get through in your head and in your heart in order to get to you mm -hmm. because you filled your heart with things and you filled your head with like things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you get rid of those things, it's easier to get to God. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So with that whole process happening, so, you know, coming home, normally what I, my nights before the conference, what it would have looked like. So like I, I work at night. Um, and the nights that I have to go, um, that I, the night I have off before I have to go back to work, I stay up really late, um, so that I can just sleep in and then I don't have to take a nap in the afternoon. I just go to work. And so I normally would like watch TV or be on my phone or whatever. Right. But instead it's like, I, I couldn't do that anymore. Now I need to be in God's presence again. Yeah. So like worshiping or like praying or whatever. Um, and it's funny because now it's much more comfortable and easy to just spend time with God. And it's yeah. like, I want to, that's what I crave like all the time now. Yeah. But in the beginning it was uncomfortable. It was almost like, okay, this is a sacrifice for me. I'd rather do something else. I don't feel like I'd rather do anything else now, yeah. but I did then. And so I remember praying and, um, worshiping and, um, I don't know. I feel like there's so many layers to this. Maybe I should go back. Because at the conference, there was a sermon that really challenged me um, about, it was a sermon about Lazarus at the gate, you know, that sermon, I don't know her name was, Stephanie something. Yeah. She preached about, you know, the story of Lazarus, the crippled, uh, you know, paralyzed man that was out the gate of the rich man. Um, I don't know where it is. I think it's a parable. And, uh, this rich man would pass by Lazarus at the gate of his home and just like ignore him and whatever. And like Lazarus call out for him, like, you know, for anything, you know, like help me crumbs. I just want the crumbs that your dogs like <laughs> don't even want, you know, like just give me something. And the, and, the, and the rich man didn't like, you know, give him anything. He just kind of ignored him. And, um, it doesn't say that the rich man was like, there was anything wrong with him. Like he was like a bad man or cruel, um, But it doesn't say that there was anything wrong with him being rich. He just ignored Lazarus, who was at his gate. Anyway, so Lazarus and the rich man both die. And the rich man ends up in hell. And he's calling out and he sees um, Abraham and Lazarus, like, across this great gulf, you know. Yeah. And the like um, the rich man was like, Lazarus, like, or Abraham, like, I see Lazarus, he was send Lazarus and, like, dip his finger in water and just, like, the tip of the tip of his finger and, you know, so that I can get that drop from my tongue, you know, whatever. Yeah. So dry. And Abraham was like, I can't, there's a great gulf here. There's a great divide, you know? And anyway, her whole sermon was about why did the rich man end up in hell? What was his great sin? And, and it's interesting that Lazarus wasn't in hell, you know? Yeah. So like, what was the difference here? Like the Bible doesn't say that the rich man was a terrible person and did horrible things. He probably was a fine upstanding 
gentleman in society, like that went to the synagogue, did his prayers, did whatever, you know? Yeah. But his great sin was that he was indifferent to Lazarus. And to him, Lazarus meant nothing. He was indifferent to him. Yeah. You know, like, how do you how do you pass by a crippled dude who, who it says in the Bible that hit, like, dogs licked at his sores, you know? Um, how, how do you walk by someone like that, that, like, is outside your house, outside your door, and not care? Well, the only way you get to that point is you're so indifferent, you don't care. You know, yeah. you're just indifferent. And his great sin was that he was indifferent to Lazarus who was at his gate. And the whole point of her sermon was, is like, you know, the things that we think are really great in this world and the things that matter to God the most sometimes are the things that matter to God the least. Yeah. The things that we think don't matter at all, the people that don't matter in our lives, God's put there so that we can minister to them and we can make a difference in their lives. Like that's what, well, that's the great thing that God is calling from us, the things that we think are the least. And so that sermon shook me because we have me too. this little girl who lives across the street. And up until this point, she's been a kind of a problem for us because she's, you know, a little bit older than our girls and somewhat of a, what we consider a bad influence because, you know, like we don't know what goes on in her home. It's not a Christian home that we understand of. And like, she'll say things that are inappropriate and, um, you know, like expose our kids who are not exposed to many things, uh, yeah. expose them to that. And like, like our daughter Lily was like, oh, you know, this girl told me she's trans, and this is like my like Lily's eight. Like, how how does she know what trans is? Like, why does yeah. she know? And this other girl's like ten. Why does she know? You know, but yeah. so like immediately we're like, oh my god, like we're afraid of this girl. Like we want to get her away from us. <laughs> like yeah. immediately we're like, okay, we need to limit their time together. Like if any time at all, it has to be supervised, and she can't come over here. You know, basically, we're trying to pull away, make sure that she's, like, not a threat anymore. We're, like, terrified of this little girl, basically, yeah. because of what she potentially, the harm she could do yeah. to our children, right? True. Meanwhile, this little girl is clearly lonely. And, um, you know, the fact that she even wants to hang out with girls that are much younger than she is, you know, says a lot. Um, and she's, like, over, over, always over here and, like, always around and, like, her mom... Like, let's her, it's like one of like, I feel like we're in the, like the 1950s again, where it's like, they just send your kids out and like, you don't know where they yeah. are until like nightfall. Like that's kind of how, that's the parenting vibe I get. How it rolls in the yeah, kind of. So anyway, up at, I, and when I heard the sermon, I immediately saw this little girl's face, like immediately. And I started like, it was like, that was hardcore repentance right there because yeah. she's literally the person at our gate like quite literally she's across yeah. the street from us like yeah. she's the person at our gate and it's like god was saying is like goodness i've i've given you this girl to minister to and you're trying to get rid of her yeah. you know so there's a lot of repentance going on and a lot of you know like i we're gonna change like right away you know i like how you because because i i saw those things too like people at our gate mm -hmm. and you know how we're just neglecting people. Yeah. But one thing that I have to give to you is that you took action on everything right away. Yeah. You're like, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Let's do that. Yeah. And usually when you when people are like, let's do this and that, they put a date and it's like, oh, let's do it in a month or so from yeah. now or whatever. But you're like, let's do it now. Let's do it now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
why wait? I'm like legit. I was like legitimately yeah. terrified. I'm like, oh my God, if I die tomorrow, am I going to hell because I neglected to do the things God yeah. told me to do? Exactly. You know, it's like, I don't have time to wait. We don't have time to waste, you know? My biggest, even before this, it's not a fear anymore, but one of my biggest fears was to get to heaven and then God is like, you didn't do anything I asked you to do. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You didn't reach the people that I, you know, put in your life or whatever. Because for some reason, we always think of like, oh, we, God calls us and he wants to do a ministry or whatever. But we think that we're going to leave where we are. We're going to meet the strangers and mm-hmm. we're going to minister to those people. Yeah, yeah. But it's not that way. God <laughs> right. wants you to minister to the people you love. Yeah. And the people that are around you. People that you're with. Because yeah. that's why you're here. Right. That's why you're where you are. Yeah. To reach those people. Yep. I'm almost convinced that, like, you know, we think of ministry as, like, oh, you're in the church and you minister to a bunch of people at once, like, these big churches and, like, oh, you see these evangelists that are, like, you know, they have, like, auditorium full of, like, people are basically, it's, like, I'm convinced that's not really ministry at all. That's... I don't even know what that is. We made that into a job. Yeah, it's, like... Where people go in and they turn on the Christian thing and they'll preach and they'll, you know... Even do great things mm-hmm. because God's not going to waste that opportunity. He'll still right, work on some right. people. But as soon as that is done, they clock out mm-hmm. and, you know, there's no love in anybody else. Yeah. There was yeah. never any loving to be, you know. Right. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't, I, I don't blame anybody because they could be blind like we were blind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not. Yeah, you're not malicious and being like, "Oh, I'm gonna minister to these church," and then once it's done, I'm gonna, you know, right, lock myself in my house and whoever's at my gate, forget about them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, right, we're blind. Yeah. We are blind. Yeah. Well, which is that leads to say. into the whole revelation that I had. Yeah, that, like I think was the this is when this is the wide open door of like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, this is when things started to get crazy yeah for us and like i don't know go ahead yeah so i am trying to it's funny because it wasn't that long ago but now it's like oh yeah what happened first i don't remember so it's probably good that we're you know recording these things these events but anyway so um yeah all right i think the only thing happened first so i'm like all right i immediately was like okay things got gotta change like i can't believe that you know, I've been so blind to this little girl yeah. <laughs> that needs God. And, like, I started seeing it. Like, I oh mean, we're God. blind to everything. Yeah, we're yeah, blind yeah. To we'll, like, we'll get to that. But, yeah. like, but before that, I believe this happened before. I um, I was like, okay, God, like, immediately repenting. And there was two people that I saw that we had been neglectful of basically forever. And mind you, like, it's not like we're bad people. We're just normal people. We have jobs. We focus on our careers. Um you know, we bought a house, we have kids, like our kids were our ministry. And that was my viewpoint is like, I need yeah. to raise these kids, right? I need to provide for them. We're happy. God's blessing us. We're just like, there wasn't anything like our marriage is good, like whatever. Right. So, yeah. you know, looking at it from like, you know, it's funny you say that. Cause I did see the past 10 years of our life, mm-hmm. of our lives as like, this was our, you know, our family ministry time. Yeah. You know what I mean, like I'm building my marriage. Yeah. I'm raising my kids. 
I'm building my home. This is my ministry right now. I thought about it like that way. Yeah, we were building. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, but anyway, so this little girl, right? um, I'm praying like, okay, God, uh, like, what do you give me the blueprints? You know, what do I need to do? To reach this girl, like what? What? Well, talk about how you were praying before, and then God gave. I think this was after that. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Okay, I don't know, but it doesn't really matter. Anyway, they're the same. It doesn't matter, but anyway, I'm like asking God for the blueprints of like how do I minister to this girl, and I felt like God was like, "Go give her a Bible. Go give her a Bible." And then, uh, oh yeah, so this was before. So like, she had taken care of my um, my chickens while we were gone. Um, yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'll give her a Bible and I'll pay her for that or whatever. And I was like, I, ha- I knew this even going in the conference. Like after, I was like, I know that God's telling me to give this girl a Bible, like a little kid's Bible. Um, so I went and bought one. Then I was like, you know, I really need to make sure it's okay with her mom. Like, I don't just give her a Bible and weird yeah. out the mom. Like, you know, to be respectful. Um, so I'm texting the mom and, um, even the way I phrased it, cause I was like, oh, I don't know how to phrase this to her. Um, cause it's uncomfortable, you know, but I had bought the Bible first intentionally. So that way I could say in the phrasing of my text, be like, Hey, I have this extra Bible. You think Emily would want it? Would it be okay if I give it to her? And I, I said that to her and she was like, of course, yes, that'd be amazing. Like, that'd be great. You know, like yeah. really receptive and I kind of like was like oh okay I don't know what I was envisioning like some kind of like no don't try to indoctrinate my kid you know something like that yeah but she was like yeah absolutely you know she was like I used to teach religions or something I don't know what she said like some kind of she used to do something so she's very open it sounded like yeah so that was a Friday right I give her the book like the bible and I give her something else too but it was like a little bible uh comic book type of thing so i was like well i'll give her both anyway so the next day i wake up and i'm like i'm in my prayer time and like you know reading the bible and i immediately felt god saying like okay invite her to the church tomorrow and i was like ah oh god it's a little too soon i just gave her the bible yesterday like this is gonna seem like a lot i was like let's give it a week let's give it some time (laughs) you know (laughs) spread it out um and god was like no invite her to church so i was like okay so, like, again, I'm like, I had to text the mom. And so I was like, hey, uh, you know, the girls would love it. Uh, you know, you know, what's her face can come um, to church with us tomorrow. Like, would that be okay with you? And again, the mom was like, of course, anytime. That'd be great. She'd love it. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. And I was like expecting a fight or something, but it was so easy. It was yeah. so easy. And she came and she's come every Sunday with us. Yeah. So since then, this was, how long ago was that now? I don't know. I don't even know. But anyway. Um, at six <laughs> weeks, at least. Yeah. So if not more, I think. But anyway. Um, you know how the Bible says the harvest is ready? Yeah. The harvest is ready. Right. And, you know, if you're at the harvest, you don't get to choose when you're harvest, harvested. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're right. ready, you're ready. You're Someone's going to yeah. come in. Yeah. Cut you up and put you in storehouses or whatever they do with the harvest. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, so it's it's been amazingly easy to invite people to come over to our home and like, so we could. Well, yeah. What we're finding is it's easy when we're like, if we're obedient and we're listening that like God's <clears throat> saying to do this for a reason. So it's easier. Like instead of working against the grain, like we're yeah. working with God. So it's just easier, you know? Yeah. Instead of doing our own strength, basically. But anyway, to say all that. 
at some point shortly after what God was speaking to me then, I started um uh like praying different things. Um, but anyway, I'll just jump to the like the major vision that like jump started everything else because there was like minor things that but, got showed. Uh, the me. eyes thing. Yeah, the eyes yeah. thing. So all right, so um I was worshiping and, you know, like getting into worship, it was good. Um, and I started to see my face and my eyes with like blind eyes. Like my eyeballs were like all jacked up. Like like white? Look, no, they weren't white. They were like cross-eyed and like up. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Some people who are blind, unfortunately, have eyeballs that like are cross-eyed and like funky. Like their muscles, like they don't, I don't know, they can't see. They can't like when focus. people have seizures, their eyes go up there. No, I mean like sorta, but like one eye is looking, you know, to the left and the upper left, the other, the the left eye is looking to the right upper. Right, you yeah. know, they're all crossed and funky. Mm-hmm. Like you just can't, you don't. There's nothing. You can't focus. You know, like blind eyes. And um, and at first I saw that image and I was like, what the crap? <laughs> Get out of my head. You know, <laughs> that's weird. Um, and then. I started seeing it again, and I let myself see it, for one thing. And I was like, okay. And I saw myself blind eyes, and I'm worshiping. And I keep seeing this. And then it, like, kind of like the, the picture of it, the vision of it, scrolls out a bit. And I see you. You're with blind eyes. And we're standing in a line. You, me, and then Lily and Addie, our girls. Uh, all of us had blind eyes. And we're standing in a line. Yeah. In a row. And there's like nothing around us, or whatever. It was just kind of like... I don't even know. Nothing around us. Um, like a blank canvas type of deal, but we're just standing in line. Right. And then so. That's exactly what I pictured. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what is this God? You know? And then I saw Jesus. He came up to my eyes and he started touching my eyes, like my, touching my forehead and my eyes and like touching them. And then like I could see. And then he went to you and he touched your eyes. And then he went to Lily's eyes and she could see. And then Addie's eyes. And then we could all see. And then he was like, you know, come here, like gesturing to us. So we were following Jesus. He's walking. And as he's walking, he's coming up. Like I start seeing like um, these wide field, like really pretty fields, like like a harvest field, you yeah. know, type of thing. And a village, like the people were in this village. And like that really didn't have anything to do with the vision so much as he brought us up to um, this cabinet, like a, you know, like a storage cabinet, basically. Like one of those long ones that you put in your gardening tools. He opened those up and it had a hose in it, a hoe, I mean, and it had a shovel and a rake and like gardening stuff, like stuff to till soil with, you know? Yeah. And so he took each thing out and he handed each of us a gardening tool. And he said, hey, the harvest is great. Look, look at the harvest. He was like, look, see, see the harvest now. Look at it. Yeah. And then we saw all these these fields and like villages like a village it was like africa almost looking like it was just villages you know and i was like oh okay so i like almost expected us to like go into the village or something and go into those fields that i see but we didn't instead what we did was we turned around our whole family we turned around and we looked behind us and when we looked behind us we saw like thousands of people standing just the way we were moments ago with blind eyes everyone had blind eyes and they were just standing still idly they just all had blind eyes and so when we saw this we were like oh my god like the harvest is great we got we have to have help so all of us everyone including even our littlest one who's five 
we all start running up to these people with blind eyes and we start touching their eyes so that they could see. And then once they saw, we had a tool for them and we shoved it in their hands and we said, go, get the harvest, go, go. And it was like a hurried thing. Like we were like, it was an urgent thing. So we had like, we were running to everyone we could, like trying to touch as many blind eyes as we possibly could. And God just saying, kept saying, he's like, look at the harvest, right? Yeah. And so it was like, all right. So I started to see... Well, I started to ask God. I'm like, okay. I, actually, no, I didn't even ask God. I was like, where is that from the Bible? And there's like a couple places it talks about the harvest. And I think, I mean, now I don't remember. But once in, I don't know, the parables, like I think it's Matthew. Matthew yeah. 9, I think. Talks about like, hey, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Pray that, pray for the workers. Pray that they send workers. And I was like, okay. You know, we've all It's funny that. because most people pray for the harvest. Right, yeah, pray for the workers. Pray that they send workers is what that verse was about. But that one didn't really resonate with me as much. I'm like, I know they talk about harvest. So I like in my little, like behind the Bible where all like the key words are and you're like, where other time? what other times are they mentioning harvest? So then in John 4, it mentions the harvest. And actually, that just so happens to be like one of my favorite stories of the Bible. It's not even a parable. It's like a thing that happened. And John 4 is the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. I love that story. Yeah. And um uh I love that story because Jesus in that story goes out of his way to go through Samaria. He didn't even have to cross there to get to where he was going. Uh he actually went the long way around. So and like the the Jews like hated the Samaritans because like they just they basically regarded them as like dirty river rats basically or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they were mm-hmm. nothing to them, garbage people. Um, they just, they disagreed with, you know, where was the holy place to worship? Where would the, where, right, right, you know, right. where's the really, was I don't know where I'm using the temple. Yeah. They disagreed about, you know, where the temple should be and where the place of worship should have been. Like that was their argument or whatever. Well, Something yeah, like because that. if you think about it, um, Moses was told by God to build the temple or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then. That's where God's presence would come. Yeah. So the Jewish people are like you got to worship God at the temple. Yeah. Because that's where His presence is, or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think it was like geographically, they were like it should have been over here on the side. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But the thing is, like, we we read the stories today and we think, why can't you just worship God anywhere? Mm-hmm. But back then, they were bound by the law. It's yeah. like, oh no, this is where you worship. Otherwise, you're right wasting your time or whatever. Yeah. And the, the Samaritans actually, like, had, they believed the same thing the Jewish people did, except for that. And they, they also interjected their own, own like, beliefs here and yeah. here. And, and What's stuff. what did the Jews? No, no, no. I mean, it's like the Torah. Like, yeah. they believe the same thing. Like, the Pentateuch, they had that. Like, you know what I mean? But they also just added their own stuff to it as well. Yeah. So, like, that's why it was a little different. Plus, like, the place of worship. But whatever. Anyway, Jews and the Samaritans did not get along. They didn't like each other. Yeah. Jews would have, like you know, kept a wide girth, but here's Jesus going straight through Samaria for no reason. He doesn't have to, like, that's a long way. Um, he goes there, it's at noon and the Samaritan woman is there at the well at noon, which is also something just weird. Like these things didn't happen then because it was hot at freaking noon. Like they're not going to be over there in the well, you know, in the blazing sun. That's when they took their naps and stuff. Like, yeah, (laughs) it's too hot to be doing stuff. But this like Samaritan woman, she did this Purposely because she was ostracized by the Samaritans. Like, they didn't like her. And, like, at the well is where all of, like, the town gossip went down. All the women would gather, and that's where they had their social time, like the women. It's also apparently a place where 
the men and women would flirt. Like, huh. you know, so you pick up your, your girl, like, yeah. back then, like, Jacob uh, and uh, Rebecca, Rebecca, right? Yeah, at the well, like, whatever, right? So, needless to say, she's at the well of Jacob and um, trying to avoid people. Like, Is she's the trying- same well where Jacob's... At Jacob's well? No. Is that the same well where Jacob's... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Picked up his woman? Employees. Oh. <laughs> picked up the... <laughs> Yeah, the woman I don't know. For, Probably, Rebecca. I don't know. I don't know that much ago. about it. Right, well, yeah, whatever. So, um, you know, she's there on purpose at noon to avoid people. She knows no one's going to be around at this time of day, but except for Jesus, Jesus is there. Why is he there? Like that's not an accident either, right? Like so, Jesus wouldn't have been there. No one should have been there. Um, so she's gathering up water, and he goes over to her and starts talking to her, and um. Which was weird, too, because Jesus really, as a rabbi, shouldn't have been talking in that time to anybody, uh, a woman, I mean, any female. That wasn't like, you got to look good, like, holy, can't be looking at women and talking to them. You might, people might think you're, have bad intentions as a rabbi. women weren't even allowed to follow you if you're a rabbi. Like, you're not even allowed to have women in your group of, like, students. Yeah, right. Like, it just wasn't something you did socially, yeah. and especially as a rabbi. Like, even, even like, men, even, like, rabbis' wives, they didn't even talk to their wives in public. Yeah. Like, that's how hardcore they were. So, the fact that Jesus was doing that as a rabbi, the disciples were like, what? <laughs> What's yeah. going on, you know? So, anyway, he's talking to her, and he's like, oh, and I should note, too, that, you know, people think that she was a prostitute, and that's not that may not be the actual case. Like, people always – I don't like it because, like, I want to stick up for the Samaritan woman. She's like, <laughs> my gal, you know? Like, no, I don't think she – She scholars don't agree that they she's a prostitute. Just because Jesus was like, oh, you know, are you do you, are you married or whatever he says to her. Like, you have your husband? Are you with your husband or whatever? Um, and she's like, no. Like, she's not living with her husband. And he was talking about how she had, like, five other husbands. Well, it's likely that she was not a prostitute who just had five men that she was with. It, She really did have five husbands. Like, yeah, she's been divorced. Yeah. And the guy she's with now, mm-hmm. she's cheating on with somebody else. I don't know. That's from The Chosen. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but whatever. Um, yeah, because people go straight to, she was yeah, a prostitute. Yeah, she's like, oh, she's No, uh... it could have been that she just has bad relationships. And then... No, I think what it was, I was listening to some scholar talk about it once, is like, likely what was the problem is is that she was probably barren. Yeah. And she couldn't have children. And the Samaritans, like the Jewish people, could divorce based off of certain things. And if you know, one was that your woman can't give you babies, like get rid of her. And that's what happened to her. She probably was very beautiful and very, um, people wanted, men wanted her, you know? Yeah. Um, and she probably thought Jesus was flirting with her because like I said, you know, that's what they did at the well. Like men yeah. came up to her and were like, yo. Um, so when he asked, where's your husband? You know what I mean? She's probably like, oh, I don't have one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> are you looking? And but he shut that down right away. Um, but yeah, so it's likely that she was divorced because she was barren. Um, and then Samaritans knew there was something wrong with her. Like, everyone kept divorcing her, so they ostracized her, you know? Yeah. And they wouldn't want anything to do with that, you know, uh, barren witch woman, who knows? But anyway, so to say all that, Jesus is talking to her. He witnesses to her. He, he calls it out, and he, she gets, like, radically, like, I, you're the Messiah. I am, like, your 
follower now, you know? And she gets all crazy excited, like she's been set free. She runs back to the village and she freaking (laughs) shares the news of God with the village. And the whole village is saved because of this woman, this woman's testimony. And the disciples are like, Messiah, like, what's going on, guy? Like, this is weird. What's happening, you know? And he was like, he literally says to them, look at the harvest. Look at the harvest. He's like, the harvest, you're going to reap this harvest that you didn't even sow into. He's like, I sowed into it and she sowed into it. You didn't, but you're going to reap it in eternity. You know what I mean? And so, like, the fact that it says even there is just like, just look, look and see the harvest so you can reap it, you know? Yeah. So that resonated with me. And, like, God was telling us, like, open your eyes and look at the harvest, you know? There's a lot around us, but we're all blind. We can't see it. We can't reap what we don't see. And so from that... disciples were blind to it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's like, you know, you could say that the woman at the well would be like a person at the gate. It's like they would have nothing to do with her. But look, like, if you see her and you actually see... Then people, then the the harvest is actually being reaped. Like then people are getting saved. Then we're doing what we're called to do on this earth. Yeah. But we have to not be blind anymore. And so that was a point where we were like, where our lives changed. Like we are not blind. We're not blind anymore. You know? Yeah. We were blind. We're not anymore. And let me tell you something. We see a lot of stuff now. Um, that's for the next episode. That's for the next one. It's too much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we want to tell what's been happening, even if it's just for our own purposes, because it's just so much on a daily basis that's happening to us, Mm -hmm. and it's crazy. Yeah. It's too good to forget, because I've had stuff happen to me before, but you don't write it down and you forget. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you don't keep track of it, but we'll see how this goes. Yeah. All All right. right.